Where in hell can you go? Far from the things that you know Far from the sprawl of concrete That keeps crawling its way Keep your heart off your sleeve Guppy Productions present From Colchester to Sulawesi Written for Colm Radio by Phil Boast and Paula Larcher. Episode 17. Between the old life and the new. It's time to think about renting out the cottage. This will be our bolt hole if things go wrong in Indonesia and we need to come back. But we need someone to live here and the rental income will be handy to say the least. Our business model and cash flow projections for our new business in Bohowo tell us absolutely nothing, since we don't have either. All we know, really, is that we're going to live in a small Indonesian fishing village with a dive centre down the road and a marine national park at the end of the garden. Otherwise, we rely upon a deep well of collective optimism, which thus far hasn't run dry, so we'll just have to hope it keeps raining. In our darkest moments, we still wonder sometimes what the hell we're doing, but we don't have many dark moments, and a couple of bottles of red wine invariably enlightens our small and intimate world. It's easy now for us to project ourselves to our lodge on a bright tropical morning, overlooking an azure blue sea and surrounded by coconut trees, or to a warm equatorial evening when the cicadas are in full song. That's the easy part. And one thing that is certain is that's where we want to live. But the rest is blind faith in ourselves, in each other, and in us, which has so far not let us down. So far it's been an adventure. And the deep shared philosophy underlining all of this is that if life's not an adventure, then what's the point to it? In order to feel the wind on your face, you have to open the door to life's possibilities and step outside. And once you've stepped outside, there's no going back. But still, philosophy doesn't pay the bills, so we have to get practical. And to this end, we contact a couple of local rental agencies to register the property, thinking that it will take a while to find tenants. In the event, it takes about a day. And the people are keen to move in as soon as possible, so we got that wrong then. I mean, it's a period property, retaining what estate agents might call many original features. It's all oak beams, dodgy-looking walls, and ingle-nook fireplaces, so I suppose it should have been no surprise. But anyway, all of a sudden, we have to move out of the cottage, and a bit of reality has just smacked us in the face. And we will shortly be homeless, at least in this part of the world. I go and see Carol and explain the situation to her. We're not ready to go yet. The lodge isn't in a fit state to receive guests. We're still demolishing and building churches over there. Phil has to finish his contract and I have to formalise things with work and give notice that I'll be taking my career break. So I wonder what advice Big Sister is going to offer. Rather than see us sleeping rough on the mean streets of Colchester, she suggests that of course we should move in with her, John and the children until such time as we move to Bohowo. They've got a big house and a big ensuite guest room, plenty of capacity for them, three kids and a couple of waifs and strays. So we have somewhere to live, at least. 
This is not, after all, the first time during our sibling lives that she's bailed me out in awkward situations. There's a long and involved history here. So why change the habits of a lifetime? So then, to practicalities. And since the cottage is to be let unfurnished, the most immediate problem is what are we going to do with all of our furniture? Our house before the cottage was huge. Quite apart from the house itself, there was a long-since-disused Nazarene chapel attached to it, which Phil and some builder friends converted into a chapel-sized dining room, complete with walk-in fireplace. So we had to shed some furniture to move here. But we've still got quite a lot to find house room for. Normally, when moving house, one would have another one to put it all in. But we don't have that luxury, our next abode being about 7,000 miles away. The irony of all of this being that we don't have enough furniture over there, whereas here we have the opposite problem. We've looked into the possibility of shipping a container to Indonesia, but no shipping company will take anything of that bulk further than Singapore, so that isn't an option. Nor are long-term storage facilities, since if all goes well and we don't come back, it could end up being very long-term indeed. What is also ironic is that we once had some huge urns shipped over here from Lombok when we were on holiday there. But there's no way to get them back to our particular part of Indonesia. So we phone round and speak with friends. Martin and Jill will be pleased to take our leather sofa and armchairs. Mike and Leone, our neighbours, take our garden furniture. And Phil's mum has a spare room in which we can put the dining table and chairs. So we manage to offload quite a lot of the larger items and the Land Rover comes into its own now as a removals vehicle. Our iron beds are coming with us to Carol's, as are some of the smaller and more exotic items of furniture which we've collected over the years. And of course the urns are coming and Phil's guitars. Anyway, somehow or another, with some creative interior redesigned by Carol, we managed to get everything in. And John will refer to our room hereafter as the Oriental Suite on account of the Oriental nature of some of the furnishings therein. Falling down the rabbit hole, yeah. And on and on and on, 
Clothes are the other thing, unless the next ice age in the sequence comes quicker than anyone has anticipated, we won't need winter coats, jackets and so on, one degree north of the equator. So I give my best leather coat to Martin, and otherwise Carol's wardrobes and the drawers in the oriental suite become crammed to more than their intended capacity. On our various trips, we've left clothes in Bohowo and travelled back with empty suitcases, so we'll have something to wear at least in our new lives. This is particularly pertinent to me, since although I'm not particularly big by Western European standards, about six feet tall and medium build, I'm bigger than most Indonesians and I can't buy clothes big enough in Minado, so I'll have to bring everything from here. Alex and Edward are getting to the age and size now where my clothes are starting to fit them, and Edward in particular is starting to show an interest in my wardrobe, which was quite in vogue during the 1970s, my having not moved over much with the times since then, either in attitude or attire. I am what might be described as a walking time capsule. I have, for example, grandpa vests, which have seen better than two decades and are thus getting nicely worn in. And I see Edward wearing them about the place and when he goes out, and in my less than fashion conscious opinion, he looks very cool indeed, handsome young man that he anyway is. Clothes within the family are in any case a fairly fluid thing. We rather take an ownership is theft attitude, which gives me right of passage to John's suits when I need them, and I am pleased and proud to pass on my humble and much-loved attire to my much-beloved nephew, and may it serve him as well as it has served me. I only make one exception to this general rule, and Janet kindly agrees to give wardrobe space and thus safe and deep storage to my dinner jackets and some of Paula's posh frocks and shoes. But in any case, thus do we distribute our worldly goods and chattels and end up with an empty cottage. We have the place commercially cleaned and walk away. And there is something deeply symbolic about closing the door for the last time on a life which no longer exists. Moving out of the cottage focuses our thoughts on the near future. It's very comfortable for us both to live in the bosom of the family and to spend so much time with John, Carol and the kids. And there's no pressure to leave. But we can't live here forever albeit that this will be the place we will come back to in the future and will be our home from home in England. We're leaving for Bohowo in a week for a sort of working holiday and this time we are taking our good friends Sean and Alison with us. It seems an age since Alison and I worked together early in my civil service career and she and Sean will join us on our penultimate visit before our final departure to a new life. <laughs> 
I suggest to Phil that a good date would be the 13th of August, which is about three months hence, and we will then arrive in Bohowo on the 14th, which is Phil's birthday. Phil agrees, and we have a date and three months in which to have our lodge in a fit and ready state to greet our first guests, whenever and whoever they may be. Motherland Stay beside me, don't go Don't you go Find out what further adventures are in store for Phil and Paula as they travel from Colchester to Sulawesi in the next episode of Bill's Big Bag of Onions. Bill's Big Bag of Onions is a guppy production for Cone Radio and is committed to a varied, equitable and truly inclusive output that properly reflects the ethnic diversity of our community audience. <laughs>